you haven't lived until you've heard the show Americans are talking about. The show that launches its listeners to the height of humanity. The audio hour that travels the landscape of adventure. The sound that comforts more than the clip of your first bolt. <sighs> it's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. <laughs> Outdoor Adventure Summits, the airwaves. It is the Outdoor Adventure Show. I'm your host, Brandon Long, on Belay with you for the next hour. In studio with me today is the one and only Todd at the top. Now I can say happy spring, I think. Yeah, no, happy spring for sure. Um, In fact, let's do a little bit of uh, this right here. (laughs) That's funny. Am I on? Yeah, 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 it should be. So, uh, yeah, this is the Dolphins Gone Wild episode of the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. <laughs> we'll hit on some news events, skills, Gear 30, and My Land segment as well. Some of the news we'll cover this week includes Utah Outdoor Recreation Office is in the works. Uh, Utah forests have been targeted by Al-Qaeda. We'll talk about that. Uh, 53-year-old man becomes the oldest Iditarod champ. Teen survives two nights overnight on Sugarloaf. Dolphins Gone Wild. Uh, kayaker finishes a 4,000 mile expedition and uh, we have the uh, little chat and some news about X Games registration does open for the GoPro this time no longer Teva Mountain Games in Vail the Endurance Sup Racer has been robbed or a Endurance Sup Racer has been robbed Honald Caldwell are killing it in Zion and three North Faces have been soloed in winter Lots of events. For Gear 30, we'll chat Black Diamond, Pertex, Wasatch Powder Monkeys. You may or may not have heard of them. Suto. <laughs> that's their, lo- their slogan. Uh, Big Agnes and Pea Pants. So stay tuned for that. And in the skill sessions, climbing, train like the Euros. All this and more on the Dolphins Gone Wild episode of the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. So let's charge. He summits with the agility of a mountain goat, flashes routes faster than UPS, is more intimate in the mountains than Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Todd to the top. It's a 311 kind of day today. 68 degrees outside. It is shut up. It is not 68, 68 degrees. 68 degrees outside. Yep. I checked right before I came in because it feels warmer than that. Oh, it's hot. It's nice, yeah. yeah. It's I got warm. A, there's perspiration. Yeah, I see that. that. The studio is yeah. quite warm. but The, the studio is warm, but that, it's just because it's so hot outside. You know what I'm... I think we should put in the studio this this spring summer is a skylight. What do you think? I think so. I think it's a good idea. That way, everyone could climb on the roof and watch us <laughs> perform our in studio magic during the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. I didn't say it'd be easy because there are offices above us, but we can. Yeah, do it they'd, have to, they'd have to go deep, <laughs> right? <That's it. laughs> so yeah, we got some news stories uh, between the two of us. We have will overlap a little, so yeah. that's good. 
Um, but the current news story is it's hot outside. Go play. Why are you listening to us? Go outside and, and do something. And especially this time of the year in Ogden, as everyone knows, 68 today, probably like 62, 43, 22. <laughs> so, so when these warm months come, because we have another couple months of this weird weather. Yep. So when we got the warm days, you have to run outside. Yeah, go trail running outside, go climbing outside. And get ready for spring. because Spring skiing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we do have our first mountain closure announcement to make for the uh, this year's ski season. Which one is it while we're talking about It's it? Wolf Mountain. Wolf's the first yeah. to go. When's nope. that? Like now? It's done? Pretty quick. Yeah, I have the date here, I believe, released in the news. I think it's the 23rd of March. Gotcha. So. Wow. It's already there. Yes, in uh, traditional or you know boring news, uh, there's the state is proposing an outdoor recreation office. I heard about this. Yeah, legislation to uh, have a outdoor recreation office uh, in the governor's office. It's headed to the desk of Ge- Governor Gary Herbert for final review. The House voted Wednesday to move forward with the plan to create a new office as a division of the Department of Economic Development. So there's that. Now, is this the one, I don't know if you read the story on this, is this the hunting, fishing, outdoors, or is this a different program? It says outdoor recreation, so that could move, that's a pretty big umbrella. Yeah. Now, sometimes I just, when that falls under the hunting, fishing, that's almost its own entirety. They're more concerned about that aspect of things. I just totally learned a new trick on my laptop, my Mac, that I've had for Life a, is good. Like a year and a half now. If you put your arrow on multiple tabs and scroll up and down, it scrolls them back and forth. Every Mac person listening is like, yeah, we yeah, know. we've known for like ever. <laughs> I had no idea. That's so cool. Because I, because for the show, I have like thirty tabs open, uh-huh. and then, but now I can get there faster by pure accident. See, modern technology. I tell you what. So yeah, we did tease. Al Qaeda is looking to uh, potentially harm us through the Utah forests. So says a Utah legislator. This is sort of a bizarre story. Uh, an eastern Utah lawmaker says the way forests in the state are being managed is opening a door to Al-Qaeda. Now, he didn't even say is like opening it. He just says is opening a door to Al-Qaeda. So there was a discussion on a resolution about forests and the ability of the state to respond and take action on federally managed lands. And it evolved or devolved into a discussion about a terrorist group. Briefly on Tuesday, bill sponsor Senator David Hinkins, a Republican from Orangeville, said the abundance of dry wood created by not letting the forest be harvested and managed is creating a vulnerable situation. This I'm with them so far. I, I'm with them on that part, right? Because when, when it goes up in flames, it goes up big time when it's not cleaned out or whatnot. Uh, so it's a vulnerable situation in forests. Then he continued and said that the terrorist group could exploit... Yeah, these are the stories I love where they... If you haven't thought about a terrorist group, here you go. We're going to give you some ideas. Because that, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. But they, yeah, and then Senator Jean Davis, a Democrat from Salt Lake City, she was not amused. She says, "I have never heard such absurdity in my life." Davis said in voting against the resolution, and then Hinkins came back to the issue 15 minutes later and read from a magazine article, which actually made the link. So it wasn't an original idea by the Republican senator. He'd stolen this, whatever. It's not even an idea. It's conspiracy from a magazine link stating you can't make this stuff up <laughs> it was it, let's be honest it was a magazine a, a pakistani magazine it but, was, <laughs> but it could apply here it for could sure. apply we yeah. you never you don't we don't but know. here's a good follow-up to that one. Oh, please do uh, yeah 
because we don't really talk about the political stuff, but this kind of ties into that. Uh, Forest Service will let some fires in remote wilderness areas burn this year. This definitely applies to us here. After spending $400 million over budget last year during record fire season. How much over? $400 million over budget. Now, I don't know how you budget, because how do you know? You don't, don't know, know when it's going to be how it's going to be. It's going to be approximately this many fires based yep. on last year's. Uh, policy so. change announced last month by Forest Service Chief Tom Tidwell aims to... Just makes you giggle that name Tidwell. I, I, no, I, 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 yeah, I couldn't leave. I'm it. immediately. I, I'm glad you stalled because yeah, I couldn't move you. on there. Yeah. So what did Tom Tidwell say? Now, Tom is it, Tidwell say he aims to keep firefighters out of danger and save money, as well as reduce the possibility of cataclysmic fires later by eliminating dead trees and other possible fuel sources. So this kind of ties into what wasn't you're Jerry Maguire the wide receiver? Isn't that Rod? It Tidwell? was Rod Tidwell. Rod yeah. Tidwell. Okay, it's his cousin. Clearly Todd they're related to Tidwell somehow, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It also brings the agency back in line with the wild wildland fire policy, which it, along with all other federal land managers, adopted in 1995. So basically what it is, is the Forest Service expects to lose $212 million from its two 2013 budget due to the sequestration. You know, we just gave $250 million to... To Egypt for some reason I'm not sure why and I heard today on the way over here uh, to finish out the political talk I didn't know this I guess the government spends 70 billion dollars in student loan aid not loan aid just like student aid or whatever like grants and stuff but all the public schools combined not not your private ones like Stanford but the but the public ones combined and you take your uh, Doctoral ships and all the undergrad stuff combined is only sixty billion for tuition. So conceivably, the government could pay for all of us to go to school for free if they just switched the account over to the other yeah. side or whatever. But it's yeah. it's all I have no idea convoluted. Yeah, exactly. So well, so anyway, that's kind of scary a little bit to know that we got another. I don't know if we're gonna have another dry summer or not. We'll see. I guess we'll see. Now we had we had a good winter basically. Um, I think we had a cold winter for sure, but I don't know how our seems like we got a lot of snow. Precipitation but. will work out here, so precip. We still have this. We're coming upon the rainy months, so that will help too. Now, remember two years ago when it was cold into mid June? I do remember late, that late June, even. I mean, it was like that was a bad. That was a freaking cold year. Um, speaking of cold, have you ever thought about taking a? Dog team of dogs across the frozen tundra of Alaska, and I never once wanted to, but I always wanted to go to either the starting or the finish line. I think it'd be a blast. I think it's a party. Yeah, for, right. Um, Nome, Alaska is where they finish, I believe. Oh, gee, of course. It's the only time anybody calls me all day. Here, I'll, I'll take yeah. over. You can hand it off uh, to me. Yeah, it's the wife, so <laughs> she knows. It's like once a week. I have this show, so she'll you should just really tell call. her about this show. I probably. It's only been three years. Brandon, where do you go between three and four on Thursdays every week? <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nome, Alaska comes out. So they, no, You're talking Iditarod? Iditarod. Iditarod. Uh, now, 2013, Iditarod yeah. crowned the oldest champion in the race's history Tuesday night. Mitch Seavey, 53. Sprite 53. Nabbed his second victory in the 1,000-mile Iditarod and a time of nine days, seven hours, 39 minutes, and 56 seconds. But here's this is an even cooler, I think, part of this story. CV and his son Dallas are now the oldest and youngest Iditarod champions in history. Dallas won the race last year at the age of 25. 
Now, I think there was that program on one of the history discovery animal planet channels where they fly the airplanes and, and there's a family that owns it's like air alaska or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and the the one uh the one gal that works for him cute gal she was she really had the hots for the younger the young dallas CV? the dal young cv yeah because she went out there and her and her sister watched them checking in a point and they took off their fur <laughs> their fur jackets to expose their uh they had bikinis on, but they were just doing the like fake flash thing, you know, uh -huh. to the to the sun because they're you know they're famous up there in those parts. The sea because it looks like Dallas is the bad boy of sled dog racing. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to mess with them. Yeah, but that's good. His dad, his pops won again, so yeah, he can no longer. Did he? Do we know if the sun raced? What's that? I don't even know if he raced this I mean, time. We don't know. Maybe they're passing it back and forth. Yeah. Uh, his win earned him. What do you think? Okay, because. Reality shows where they don't work quite as hard as say this would. We know what sort of prize now. they have. Yeah. The prize for this, and yeah. it's still a lot of money. But for everything they put into it. Yeah. What's the purse? Fifty thousand four hundred dollars and a twenty thirteen pickup truck, which is good. That's well, a nice prize. You get your car paid for. Yeah. And, and you, you get add fifty thousand dollars. That's you could conceivably be a pro Iditarod racer at this that point. This is a right? historic. I mean, this doesn't get much extreme than the Iditarod. Fifty grand. Come on. They need to televise it. Maybe we get come up with some more money than that. Yeah, where's Red Bull? They they like to pick up get on some sponsors up there. There you go. Obscure sports quarterly type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, congratulations to Mitch CV. Yeah, nice work. I did a rod winner 2013. A teen has survived two cold nights on Sugarloaf. A Massachusetts teen who became lost on Sunday while skiing at Sugarloaf survived two nights in the woods of northwestern Maine by building himself a snow cave. Lesson is. He was 17 years old, by the way. Learn how to build snow caves. Uh, Nicholas Joy is his last name. He was skiing with his family on Sunday and failed to rendezvous with his father after taking separate runs from the resort's Timberline chairlift shortly before 1 p.m. And searchers with Sugarloaf Ski Patrol, the uh, Maine Warden Service, and the U.S. Border Patrol and others spent Sunday afternoon and evening looking for Joy. <laughs> The person. Okay. Uh, at around 9 a.m. local time on Tuesday morning, Joy followed the sound of snowmobiles to Caribou Pond Road, and they found him, and he's okay. He built a snow cave. We know how important snow caves are. Yeah. Do you remember that, that one uh, BAMP film we saw with the old man? Yeah, he taught us that. how. Yeah, no, yeah. for real. What was his name? That was, oh, that was he a was great... A, and he had a great personality. Five-minute film. He was very old. He w very, and it showed, but he was He cool. was going back country, still making snow caves. Yeah, for real. Uh, he was transported to a hospital. Joy was for evaluation, but uh, he's just cold and hungry. But really, no obvious signs of distress. So if you get lost at a, he's gonna be famous. He's gonna write a book now. He really did it on purpose. Surviving two days. Yeah, surviving yeah. inbounds. <laughs> okay, so the name of the show is Dolphins Gone Wild. And uh, early in the day, I saw I pulled. This was from KSL. Had it as a legit story. Three, quote-unquote, killer dolphins ditch Ukrainian Navy in search of mates. <laughs> right? Well, this is this is the original... Well, U Ukrainian yeah. attack dolphins. U Ukrainian attack dolphins. This is from KSL. They have it listed as a legit story. It comes out of sure. Se Sevastopol, Ukraine. Uh, according to Russia's RIA... Novosti News Agency, three highly trained commando dolphins have fled the Ukrainian military. 
The trio was part of a special unit of dolphins trained to plant explosives on ships, attack divers, and search for mines. It is reported that five of the dolphins went out on exercises recently, but only two of them returned to their naval training base to the port city of Sevastopol on the Crimean Peninsula. They're out causing havoc. They're out partying, doing what killer commando dolphins do. So that was really fun and everything. Thanks, KSL. And then later in the day, you found this story on Outside's uh-huh. website. Uh, escaped, attack, dolphin story, a hoax. I'm bummed, man. I thought that was... I thought we were ripe there for a good dolphin story. The Outside says, everyone just relax. As it turns out, the report about a cadre of weaponized Ukrainian military dolphins escaping their human captors... It is a hoax. <laughs> People really started to lose it on uh, Tuesday uh, after dolphin scientist and blogger Justin Gregg posted a story about dolphins with special knives and pistols affixed to their heads that had escaped the bonds of captivity and were freely roaming European waters in search of a fight. As it turns out, the story originated with a fake onion-style report by a Russian museum director. The fake report was picked up by a European news outlet, uh, Ria Novosti, and it just snowballed from there, as internet stories about deadly un- yet adorable animals usually do. Um, but those of you disappointed by the hoax, take heart. The dolphins are still used in military to attack enemy combatant swimmers and detect mines. They have been used since the early 70s, actually. Uh, the possibility of a tragic yet kind of cute dolphin war remains. <laughs> Outside did an excellent job writing that follow-up hoax story, I think. So, thank you, Outside. Dolphins Gone Wild. It's a matter of time. They are going to take take on the world. I want to see that movie. Instead of zombies or... Sci-Fi channel instead movie. Instead of World of... What is it? it? What is the Z one? Apocalypse, world War Z. World War Z. It's like World War D. Dolphins. D? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll end up sci-fi channels. Uh, kayaker paddled a really long way. Did you have this story? Seven... How many miles? 7,000 miles? 4,000. 4,000. I ran across it. I didn't bookmark it. uh, In early 2012. Oh, the one that outside funded? Maybe. It's the same story. A former corporate lawyer named Daniel Alvarez. Yeah, he pitched outside a back-of-the-napkin plan to kayak 4,000 miles from Minnesota to Florida, and it was so awesomely deranged, the magazine announced it would pay his way. Yep. 10 grand. You come up with a wild enough plan... Outside Magazine may help you out. And he did it. Ten, um, ten months. Is that how long? Oh, my gosh. On March 9th, he completed his, uh, oh, well, it says here eight-month journey. Eight months. Uh, Daniel Alvarez paddled his 17-foot yellow sea kayak onto a Key West beach crowded with revelers and celebrated his arrival with a breakfast of key lime pie. How cute is that? Yeah, $10,000 grant from that's outside. That's $10,000. Yeah. Well, that's not a lot of Come money. Come up with a good idea, man. People put it. You get the funds. Getting a good enough idea, you can find the place to get the funds for it. Yeah, and now he can write a book. I hope so. I'd read that book. Four thousand miles in in eight months is that's a long time. So there's a lot going on there. Uh, we did report on the unfortunate death of a snowmobiler, Caleb Moore, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I got this story. One. I'll read this one. 
Uh, X Games will discontinue its snowmobile and motocross best trick competitions. Uh, that makes sense. Following the death of athlete Caleb Moore at this year's Winter Games. And for those of us that saw it happen to, like, it was it was horrible. If it I saw it, I mean, you... I saw it as you, it was being act- done. Not at the games, at the but, games on, but on, TV. on television. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that's what, you know, let's be honest, on a lot of these programs, you they kind brought- of like the crashes and the wipeouts and the typically they'll walk away from it. You know what I mean? And but, as uh, soon as they walk away, they replay it 400 times to make sure you've seen it. Because usually there's... Other than minor injuries, they're okay. But in this instance, he did not walk away. Uh, Moore, 25-year-old snowmobiler from Texas, became the first athlete to die in the X Games uh, when he attempted a backflip that did not end well. If I remember right, didn't he like try to walk? Like he tried to get up and walk or something, and then they like, no, this is not. Or did he just lay there? I don't remember. I think maybe he did get up. And then. but, but yeah, he but was, the trauma was too much. So X uh, Games discontinued the best trick competition for snowmobile and motocross, which is yeah. What did he say? Progression in these sports obviously becomes with, comes with more risk. X Games organizers uh, said in a statement, "Nobody can eliminate risk in its entirety, but what we can do is focus on providing world class events that are as safe and organized as possible." The snowmobile event in this January's X Games were fraught with crashes and other incidents. Half an hour after Moore's accident, his brother Colton crashed at the exact same spot on the course, separating his pelvis and sending him to the hospital. Australian motorcyclist and snowmobiler Jackson Strong. What a name is that? That's a great name. Wow. Jackson Strong. He couldn't do anything but this. (laughs) Experienced one of the scarier mishaps of the competition when his throttle stuck. Um, after a crash, sending a snowmobile speeding towards spectators and injuring one boy. I remember that too. Those are big. You got a snowmobile coming at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and sitting so in the stands. I, I understand why they did. They canceled the snowmobile one and and the motocross one. I guess I understand that one too because it just seems you know it seems like they're a little more easier to handle the the bikes than the the sleds, but. Still, they do some crazy stuff on I those. think this is a good response to what happened. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it comes back again. Maybe a little bit more regulations or some something. You know, some more yeah. guidelines. Because I can't imagine that these people will ever stop trying to outdo themselves. You don't. It's natural. That's, that's the name of the game. If somebody does this, you want to be able to do that a little yep. bit better. Yep. Um, notice that this year, the Teva Mountain Games are no longer... The Teva Mountain Games. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Sorry, Teva. <laughs> Red- I, they're not exactly resting in peace at this point. Teva's still going pretty strong. Uh, yeah, and, but they lost the bid this year to... To a good one. To a good one. And it's hard to beat GoPro. So registration opens for the 2013 GoPro Mountain Games in Vail. Now? Soon? Let's see. Now? When is it? Uh, with a new title sponsor injecting new energy into the event, the Vail Valley Foundation is pleased to announce that registration for the GoPro Mountain Games is now open. The 12th installment of the country's largest celebration of outdoor lifestyle returns to Vail, Colorado. Colorado. It's June 6th through the 9th. My birthday's on the 6th. That's where I should be, actually. There's over 3,000 amateur and professional athletes and 50,000 spectators are, that are sp- expected to participate. Uh, registration is now open. It's now open. Go to, they changed the website name. If you want to kayak in it or participate in some way, 
GoProMountainGames.com is where you need to be. Or just find out more information about the events this summer. GoProMountainGames.com. There's a lot of buzz about this summer's GoPro Mountain Games, thanks to the new sponsor, said Mike Imhoff, SVP of Sales and Operations of the Vale Valley Foundation. GoPro is one of the world's leading action sports brands. With their support of this summer's Mountain Games, it'll be the biggest yet. I, be- I believe it. They go big, because that's their name. Uh, it also means that the athletes and spectators will be better suited to share the Mountain Games experiences through a global media footprint because... You think there's going to be some GoPros there? there? I, there could be one or two. <laughs> I believe every single person there will have one. It says the content, though, yeah. The content that will come out of this year's GoPro Mountain Games is going to be amazing. And so, here's the deal. Say you had a choice, and Red Bull, which puts on amazing events, uh-huh. incredible events, was one of the bidders to do Red Bull Mountain Games or you had GoPro. And Red Bull's like, look, we have a track record that is unbeatable. Look at the events that we do. And then you have GoPro that says, oh yeah? Look at the content that you'll be able to share from your event. Who would you choose, Red Bull or GoPro? Not to say that Red Bull was in the mix because we don't know, we're just making this up, but that would be a tough choice on who to go with, I think. Um, and I'll GoPro. be happy with this because you know at this event that even like the concession guys are going to have GoPros mounted on them. <laughs> I mean, literally I every person, that. the guy parking yeah. the cars <laughs> in the lot, yeah. he's going to be having I, GoPros I think you're right. on it. Yep, that's funny. Um, it, it is an amateur and professional um, athletic event from nine sports and 25 disciplines that converge on the rivers and trails of Vail to compete for more than $100,000 in prize money. Sports at the festival include, so if you, you can enter, if you're an amateur and you think you're, you got the what it takes, uh, slope style, I don't know how they do slope style in the summer. Is that a... I don't know. Uh, road and mountain biking, trail running, a half marathon, kayaking, rafting, stand-up paddleboarding, slacklining. That's right, slacklining. Rock climbing and fly fishing. In addition to some adventure sports, the festival includes the Outdoor Reels film series, Outside Adventure Film School, and the Mountain Click Photography Competition. It is the place to be you know June what? 6 through 9. We should seriously... I'm- like, I turned it into like a camping weekend or something. I do believe there's enough time to actually plan for that. Especially if we yeah. could like go camping or something over the weekend. That would be beautiful. I don't know if we could camp there, but um, it would be, or like, I'm sure like the rooms and stuff are going to go fast. So we need to find someone we know okay, there. That yeah. would be so fun. Music, free concerts. Yeah, that's uh, Yet to be announced who they will be, but in years past, They've had performances by Jurassic 5, Nappy Roots, Mixmaster uh, Mix Mike, the Flowbots. I think Rusted Root was there. <laughs> Tell me you remember Rusted Root. I, they had one really awesome song. That's one of those bands Rusted where you, you buy the CD and you're like, okay, well, may, I think the one song justifies the whole CD. <laughs> Reminded me of Summer every time. Yeah. Do I have them on my iPod? I, I don't think I have them on my iTunes list here. Bummer. That'd be nice to go out with them today. <laughs> Rusted Root. What was the name of the song? I'm going to find it. Yeah, find that song. Um, okay, well, I think we've sort of chatted about the Mountain Games enough. They changed, yeah, GoPro. Good luck this year, GoPro. Go big. Create content, tent, and share it, please. Speaking of stand-up paddleboarding, we were just talking about that's one of the events at the GoPro Mountain Festival. Um, there was a semi-famous, I guess famous in the, the world of standard paddleboarding, an athlete named Shane Perrin. He was con- 
competing in a race, and he was robbed mid-race. Uh, the man who... Like held up? Um, not necessarily, no. Uh, he's made a name for himself using stand-up paddleboard in endurance paddling races. He was robbed while he slept at the Rose Marina in Marco Island, Florida. Perrin was just two days into the eight-day, 300-mile Water Tribe Everglades Challenge when he woke up to find his electronics, dry bags, and hard cases were all gone from his board because they, they strap it down to the board so they have all this stuff while they're paddleboarding. Boo. He said, I have no choice to withdraw from the race. Uh. Uh, I posted on Facebook, I am truly saddened. My heart has been crushed. I'm so sorry that everyone's hard work and pouring into me has ended this way. The post on Facebook rallied the digital troops and Perrin has gained enough in donations, reportedly over 1500 to resupply himself and get back on the water and he's currently cranking toward the checkpoint two of the race. So he's back racing in the same race. Perrin is paddling to raise awareness for the benefits of tissue and organ donation. He received a kidney from his mom over 10 years ago and he hasn't taken it for granted. He's completed the La Ruta Maya Belize River uh, canoe race, or uh, sorry, River Challenge. It's a four-day, 179-mile stage race. He's also done the Texas Water Safari 264-mile race. These are all stand-up paddleboard races, billed as the world's toughest canoe race. So, yeah, he's got a lot of experience on the on the water, stand-up paddleboarding. So, good luck, Shane Perrin. Power to you. Uh, I have some climbing news. It's climbing season. Have you heard of uh, this this guy named Alex Honnold? This climber uh, Maybe you've heard Tommy maybe Caldwell. Heard well, they are sort of a, a dream team in, in trad climbing slash free climbing. Um, they had a big day in Zion National Park, Utah, a couple days ago. Did a 16-hour push. They managed to free climb four walls, sheer lunacy, moonlight buttress, touchstone wall, and space shot. This is brought to us from DPM Climbing. Next up was probably the most sustained route. Oh, wait. I skipped a paragraph. Uh, Sheer Lunacy is where they started, and they kind of went through the list there. But uh, good on them. It's 4,000 feet of excellent desert crack climbing for the superhuman pair. Caldwell remarked on Facebook that it left his fingers pretty swollen. While, and this comes as no surprise, Honnold called it a super fun. Yeah, if, if you know if if someone we any one of any one of our friends, including ourselves, had done that, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't call it super fun. I would be bragging about that forever. <laughs> you know, it was an okay Tuesday. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh well, I got out. You know. And then also another pretty epic, wild. I used it. Um, ascent was British alpinist Jonathan Griffin. He soloed three North Faces. In winter, in one day, um, uh, the Les, Les Droits, Les Verte, and Aguil Verte, I butchered those, but you get it. Um, he did it on his own power, and he descended without technical assistance, often down soloing. The climbs located in Argentier Basin outside Chamonix, France. Argent what? Uh, Argentier Basin outside Chamonix, France. They're big, cold, <laughs> serious. I love how we can't. I we gotta can't fade pronounce it, it goes. <laughs> you fade it out, dude, every time. Shum- <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a secret. No one will know. 
Um, yeah, they're big, serious undertakings uh, with a glacier approach, substantial objective hazards from Serax. Hey, we're another, not geometry majors. One, <laughs> Beg <Begsurance, laughs> Plus the mundane uh, rock and ice fall of avalanche dangers. In February, two Lithuanian climbers became stranded in a storm on some on one of these faces, and one of them died there, or they both died there. So, for him to do it solo, this is he's like the ice version of Alex Honnold. Uh, Jonathan Griffith is so nice work, Jonathan. Um, wow, that's I think I think that was it for the crazy uh, news that we had. I was just bummed out that the dolphins were a hoax, weren't anything. It doesn't have to be. That's true. Who really knows you what they do? You don't have to believe the truth. There's some events coming up. Should we go in order? <laughs> no, let's jump around. <laughs> okay. Wait, let's start with 2014. That's right. <laughs> no, let's, let's start with our favorite activity of last year. <laughs> uh, this weekend, Ski Photography Workshop up at Snow Basin. Oh, that'd be cool. And we plugged this before we left on our... We missed last week because we were partying in California. This is the Winter Wizardry Slug Games featuring an enchanting course where riders will be forced to level up while dodging ice trolls, oh, mystical yeah, yeah, dragons, and fellow orcs alike at Snow Basin. How'd That's Saturday. Oh, it's coming up still. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also on Saturday is an on-snow demo benefiting Snow Basin Adaptive Sports and the Front Climbing Club Clipping Classic comp say that a again. lot going i can't do there's four five c's in there <laughs> that was a lot of c's <laughs> climbing club clipping classic comp i love that on march 16th that's saturday so the wizardry games at basin or the climbing club clipping classic comp you know where i'll you, be saturday you take your I, saturday I morning so it's a parade the saint patrick's parade. assault lake yep okay or the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Or the St. Patrick's Day. And it's so the, much the reason St. Patrick's Day Parades are fun f- because, yeah, they serve adult beverages. So there's a lot of there. green. There's a lot of happiness. But you have absolutely no idea to, how to predict the weather. Oh, no. So you could show up one year in a parka and, and it's... And be too cold. And be too yeah, cold, yeah. yeah. And show up the next year in shorts and a tank top and like it is you're tanning. So you know, There's people out there wearing less than you. So... <laughs> Yeah, you never know. Uh, also coming up on March 23rd is the end date for Wolf Mountain. They are closing for the season, but they're going out in style with a pawn skim, rail jam, retro dressing celebration. Go for the gold. March 23rd, Wolf Mountain. I hear the snow at Wolf is disappearing mighty fast, which, which is... It's been really warm. We left and there was snow. We came back a week later. The snow's gone. Like, it's gone. The snow go? yeah, yeah, there's nothing left down here. Um, so there's that. So there's that. Uh, Weaver Pathways also has a fundraiser coming up. It is the it's dinner with Peter Fromm, the award-winning author of the Indian Creek Chronicles, a winter in the Bitterroot Wilderness. It is March 29th at the Union Station. Weaver Pathways is excited to feature writer Peter Fromm at this year's 10th annual author dinner. The inspiring event will be held. We already told you when. Um, He'll be speaking to dinner guests about the room to Rome and drawing from his award-winning book, The Indian Chronicle, and A Winter in the Bitterroot Wilderness. The compelling story exemplifies 
Fromm's personal experiences of seven long winter months spent living in a tent alone in the Idaho, Idaho wilderness. Guarding salmon eggs. They, they're always fun. Those events are always fun. You had me at salmon eggs right there. His work explores Which the they will not be serving. They have got to serve salmon eggs. How do you not have calamari at this event? <laughs> That's not salmon. Uh, he works as, explores a... Or is, his work explores the balance of introspective contemplation and his struggles facing the caviar, harsh caviar isn't that caviar eggs, fish eggs? yeah because that I was that was squid right pretty sure um, I don't know <laughs> stay classy Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show uh, yeah trying to we don't know our caviar from a hole in the wall um, anyway he, go to it I, or just Give money to Weber Pathways and don't go. Um, individual tickets for the event are 60, 80, and 100 bucks. Weber Pathways is a nonprofit organization. For information, email outreach at weberpathways.org. They are good friends of us here at the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. And so they're good people. Supporting a nonprofit like Weber Pathways is, is important for us because they provide fun. <laughs> they provide fun. They, they really do. They do. Our trail systems. Um, they do good. Do good stuff. Dude, the freaking hour is moving along here, and I'm just getting started with events. Um, well, this is no, what happens. Actually, it starts warming, too. I'm starting to... Okay, no. Uh, the 6th Annual Ogden Climbing Festival is April 12th through the 14th. It's going to be huge! <laughs> <laughs> There's still time to train. Not a lot of time to train, but still some time to train if you want to compete in the... Um, and one year I entered it and I just I just said I'm not even training I'm gonna enter intermediate style I finished below most of the beginners it was awesome but I still entered and it was fun everyone should enter it's or a just, fun comp it's not really you don't enter, go really, check it out the open class is really the only class that's really uber competitive the rest of the classes they're just a lot of fun and yes, I don't a, know did they announce the big names for that or not yet uh, they're big they're usually big big and Normally, there is enough swag to go around. Oh, you'll walk away with something. Usually, yeah. you walk away with something. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know Gear 30 gave away a climbing rope last year, and there was, like, they do the stage, and there's just this entire stage full of swag. So. That's for the awards afterwards, right? For the, yeah, yeah. And then April 13th through the 15th, sort of the same weekend there, is the annual spring session at Powder Mountain. So if you're a snowboarder, you want to go spring sesh. That'll be a happy weekend for you. That, those, I think that ends the the event section that I had there. And if you were to pick one event in April, definitely the Ogden Climb Fest. You got to go there. Yeah, and it's almost one event for the year in Ogden. I mean, it's a big event. So, uh, it is gear 30. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it's more gear 45, but it's, it's gear close. 45. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I could have used a gear 30 on the way over here because it's like perfect weather out for a nice adult beverage. Oh. Especially yeah. after a run. Like you just went for like a little yeah. afternoon run. Well, and I ran straight here. I Believe me, if I had a little window between the two. I yeah, there would have been time. So uh, let's talk a little Black Diamond. Black Diamond. Because they need our help. Well, they, yeah, right. They do. 
dang it. Our support is fine. They sponsor the show now. Um, They are, their new apparel line comes out this fall. Highly touted, never released, brand new, coming out this fall. They will be using Pertex in their apparel. Pertex is proud of this, as they should be. So they did a little news release, and it goes a little something like this. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pertex, designer and manufacturer of high-performance fabrics, is pleased to announce its fall 2013 textile partnership with Black Diamond. The much-anticipated new apparel line will feature Pertex Eco Quantum, Microlite and classic fabrics to create light, wind resistant, and water repellent high performance products for mountain sports enthusiasts. They are honored to partner with Black Diamond for its premier apparel line, says Steve Laycock, brand manager for Pertex. The entire insulated portion of the collection features Pertex lightweight fabrics. So there you go. And I'm a fan. I do like the Pertex, they do make some great stuff. Uh, Black, Black Diamond apparel line is broken up into three collections. Featuring apparel for every adventure, all seven pieces in the insulated collection feature Primaloft, synthetic insulation, and Pertex fabrics for lightweight performance in the elements. So you're going to see Primaloft, and you're going to see Pertex in Black Diamond coming out this fall. So what can you tell me about Pertex? uh, Lightweight, wind resistant. Strong? Strong. And it... The one that I have, uh, the, the jacket that I use. Who's using it right now? Uh, Rab. Use, a lot of companies do use it, but Rab in our store in particularly uses it. Um, I think... Uh, Enough said there. It's high-end material. Brooks Range might. I can't remember exactly. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, I'm not so a gear junkie, unfortunately. A that's a little more high Greg end. in our shop could tell you every brand in, like, <laughs> in order of who idea. uses it most, uh-huh. probably. <laughs> um, he really has that stuff dialed where I don't. I just... I can't quite geek out that much, but... You use it, you love it. I, what I find is, it's like, okay, what is this stuff called? Pertex? Ooh, I like it. I'll find more of it and use more of it. And that's kind of... That's... Yeah. It's a shell material. Very nice. Hey, if Rab uses it, that's enough for me. Um, also, breaking news. It's not really too breaking. Um, <laughs> you can find the 2013... That was really good. Yeah, that was very quick. <laughs> Get that breaking news bit. Um, you can find the 2013 Black Diamond... Oh, crap. What do they call it? The the book that has all their stuff in it. <laughs> Catalog. Is now released their digital catalog, the one What's that everyone. I don't What's know the these word things. for catalog. That's, this is thus. I am not a gear junkie. <laughs> this is so obvious. Catalog is just vocabulary. What is it called? Uh, yeah, it, I'm an English major, and I my vocab <laughs> is suspect. Listen, it's not Actually, written down right here. My vocabulary is really good because I always know the word I want. I just can't ever find it in my head. Access it right after the fact. Right. right oh, right. it's there. Yeah, yeah it's there. I know there's a word for it somewhere. It might be in a different language, but I know there's one that means what I'm trying to say. So. That's why we're so good at this. That's right. It's That's perfect. perfect. <laughs> That's why radio was meant for us, right? <laughs> so that works. Um, so we know we do have, yeah, their catalog has been released, the digital version. You can go on there and check out the apparel I'm yourself. I'm sure it's a gorgeous digital catalog. And they have not just, they have photos, but they have videos to go along with like a lot of their athletes, their ambassadors. They have footage from what they've been 
they've you know, been using the stuff that there's that's going to be released, and it's really no, I cool. can't imagine so. the amount of testing before the release. I'm sure there's been tons. Man, I'm going to have to burn through some of this gear, though. Introducing Wasatch Powder Monkeys. If you're not familiar with this, this comes out of Park City, Utah. Wasatch Powder Monkeys, or WPM, they're obsessed with the outdoor lifestyle. It drives and informs their need for innovative quality gear that makes it easier to get outside faster and more efficiently. Uh, they have a... They're the... Design and manufactured the smart crossbar uh, technology, a roof rack crossbar, an adapter system that is 10 to 15 times more aerodynamic than regular crossbars. Beyond the amazing aerodynamics, smart crossbar technology allows the user to quickly remove mounts, ski, bike, boat, box, when not in use for even greater fuel savings and noise reduction. There, The website is smartcrossbars.com. Discover the world's ultimate roof rack crossbars system. I had not heard of these guys. I haven't either. Uh, and look, so, look out, Tuli, and uh, what's the other yeah, one? Yeah, uh, Wasatch Powder Monkeys. Uh, looks like they're they're look, they're based out of Park City. So check out the product uh, at SmartCrossbars.com and decide for yourself on uh, you know. But they are a local company, and we do like to mention when local companies are doing stuff. Speaking of local. Sunto Amher Sports, right? Amher Sports, Solomon Sunto, among others. Neighbors. Uh, neighbors of ours in Ogden. They have introduced three new Elementum Terra designs. This is the new one. Pretty sure they were inspired by Gear 30, as they are. <laughs> the colors are right. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Yeah. they. It's gorgeous. The, the new... Um, we should say Sunto, a global leader in sports precision instruments, announced the launch of three new... Designs for the urban-inspired Elementum Terra Sports Watch. The unit will be soon available in black and yellow and black-red leather variations. And it is sharp-looking, I think. Good-looking. Is that a price for it yet? Uh, the suggested manufactured retail price is not listed. Save your money. It could be one of the last watches you buy, though, so that's a good thing. I'm, I'm still looking. It doesn't say... On, on this particular press release. Yeah, I don't know. It's good looking. Uh, we do like the Big Agnes. They make super light tents and high quality tents. Good bags, too. And their Scout UL2 tent was just named Backpacker 2013 Editor's Choice. Nice. So it's one of the most prestigious awards in the outdoor industry given. And Backpacker Editor-in-Chief Dennis Luan... And a staff of editors and testers presented Big Agnes with the award at the annual Outdoor Retailer Winter Market in Salt Lake City on the 24th of January. They finally got the press release out on this one. So, yeah. The Scout UL2. Now, this one is, it's, okay. The Scout UL2, two-person. It's a new school A-framed tent with ample floor space for two people. The single wall tent requires trekking poles for support and weighs in at only one pound Nine ounces. <laughs> Come on, Big Agnes. That's the best you can do. <laughs> One pound, nine ounces. And it looks like there's a ton of room in there. The Scout UL2 retail, manufactured retail price for two seventy nine ninety five. That's fair. That's fair for a print yeah. like that. Uh, it will be available this spring. Yeah, that's... What if they have it in three? Don't know. For three, I'm, I bet they do. And then finally, pee pants. Uh, they, there was an inventor that we talked, we started the show talking about the Iditarod yes. and the, the, the oldest winner was 53, I guess this year. And some of the females that raced 
tried out this new product called Pee Pants because you can't pull over and do your thing. So it is I a mix of bicycle shorts, a funnel, and a tube that pokes out next to the musher's boots. We're testing them today in the studio. Uh, <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> Feel really bad for whoever comes in after us, though. I'm not really sure who makes these. You're going to have to Google it. We tell you. We look it up. We, we suggest the ideas. And, uh, yeah, you go figure it out. Pee pants, they, they exist. We're not responsible for what you find Absolutely when, you, not. when you Google pee pants. <laughs> I appreciate I that. Just, I would that should that be out, said, yeah. yeah. Um, it's on your own. I don't think that I could do it here at the in the studio. I think Weber would block that. They do block do. really <laughs> suggestive stuff like Facebook and pee pants. And Google. I'm having a hard time getting on Google. Uh, of course. Rock and Ice, I love their new website. The, the, I spend a lot of time on their new website. They do have a lot of for skills sessions, you know, which is something we try to help help a brother out with, right? Some skills. And a sister. Um, what do the Euros know that we don't about climbing? Euros. What's a Euro? Euros. Uh, Europeans. Okay, got it. No, we can't lump all the Euros together. But in countries... Oh, we can. We, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it's probably not right. France and Austria in particular. Uh, they have an abundance of training information. And it's being circulated from the national academies that train the competition teams. And the info trickles down to the average gym climber. That said, the top Euros don't necessarily possess the secret knowledge. They just actually do the things that many of us simply sit around and talk about. They write down all the important exercises and routines and tick every single box, including those that take a little discipline on a regular basis. It is so easy to sell yourself on a comfy version of the training picture that only includes the nice, easy, fun bits. But getting out of bed on a cold morning early to do like a cardio workout and stretching routine doesn't usually fit into a climbing person's you know schedule or whatever uh neither do but wake up put down the pbr yeah what is early by the way these days for, you, for Europeans, 8 a.m is like Europeans way go to early bed very late they go to bed very very late <laughs> so i don't know if their version of early is different neither do boring antagonistic exercises that prevent injury or gym circuits that build endurance the routes are right in front of you, but setting and completing circuits requires effort and thought. In a word, discipline, people. Discipline. That's the word. So read the rest of this Euro tra training secrets at rockandice.com. They go into a little bit further detail and then go compete against the Euros and win. Actually, no, compete in the Ogden Climbing Festival locally and win. Yeah. The MyLand segment. Local paragliders are concerned about rock excavation. This is a huge story in the paragliding world, which we never cover. Paragliders I are... I saw some paragliders, though. Were that, the point uh, of the mountain I think it'd be really fun. Yesterday. And that's what they're trying to protect. Because um, Utah... Oh, wait. Uh, Geneva Rock is the mining place right next door to it. Their expansion will change the point of the mountain's ridgeline which is critical to helping paragliders catch wind currents. So There's always paragliders down there every single time I go by. Yeah, he says uh, disappointing. paragliders don't seek confrontation but want to find a compromise so the area straddling the Salt Lake 
County line can be preserved for future generations of paragliders. Geneva Rock spokesman Jake White says the company supports the paragliders and even traded some of its property there to accommodate them a few years ago. He says the company is excavating one of the slopes within its property boundaries, but has no plans to go much further than that. So I hope they work with the paragliders because that's I love watching them up there. It's like a dance. Yeah. Paraglide dance. Uh, okay. That's about all I got. You got anything else? What happened? Quote of the week? I don't know. It went by it's super fast. This is, you know, we got to end this Thursday, this summer vibe with a little Winston Churchill. Well, yeah. There are, <laughs> there are two things that are more difficult than making an after-dinner speech. Climbing a wall that is leaning toward you and kissing a girl who is leaning away from you. I thought oh, that was cute, right? That's very clever. Thank you, Winston Churchill. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, the iTunes. Man. Winston, the ladies' man. Churchill. Um, Gear30.com. That's, that's, man, that went by super fast. So, uh, stay tuned next week. Also, oh, I wanted to mention before we leave you, uh, as far as events go, WSU's free concert series presents... God, I can't read this. It's so small. It's such small There's print. There's a bigger one behind you on the wall. Uh, Friday, March 15th. That's tomorrow at Mojo's Cafe at uh, 2210 Washington Boulevard in Ogden. Um, doors open at 7 p.m. Show starts at 8 p.m. It's free. It's free concert. It is with uh, Son of Ian and No Sleep. Is that right? Yeah. Son of Ian, No Sleep. Tomorrow night at Mojo's Cafe on Washington Boulevard. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 8. Free concert. Bring a date. Tell you you paid in advance and just walk in free. Oh, nice. Be that cheap guy. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show on 88.1 Weber FM, Ogden's radio station. Let's cue up a sweet sh- uh, song. And go outside today. Go outside. Uh, how about a little uh, Alabama shakes? Oh, that's perfect. As John Muir th- would say, the mountains are calling and we must go. Go outside. So we're going. How come this isn't? Oh, I turned the. I turned it down. Turn all the way down. Here we go. Oh, this is chilling weather. Chilling music for chilling weather. See you next week. Must be so-